Hey everybody, I'm Daryl Scott. And I'm Gabe Casey. And this is Throwing Wrenches Podcast, the auto podcast that has to collect them all. On this episode of Throwing Wrenches, Rivian is poised to take over the title of King of All SUVs. Russia goes old school by bringing back the classic Lada. What's next? Bringing back the Cold War? <laughs> and we'll learn why Kanye West wants to sell you a car built of foam. All that and more on Throwing Wrenches. Once again, everybody, thanks for listening to Throne Wrenches, and uh, we thank Gabe for being with us here on the program and uh, carrying the torch uh, for Mr. Eric Stahl. Uh, it's a pleasure to spend this time here with Gabe. I, I think you're in the Hall of Fame. We just made up a Hall of Fame. I don't know. The one doesn't actually exist, but you're in the Hall of Fame. Well, I appreciate it. I mean, this is episode three for us, and yeah. I've had a great time every episode. Thank you, Eric, for the opportunity. Yep, and a quick shout-out to Eric and the Stahl family. The Stahl family of support is uh, is worldwide at this point, and uh, if you want to follow along what's going on in their world, planetstall.com. You can follow along, learn more about some of the adventures that they're going through, and nothing but continued prayers, support, and just positive vibes going their way. We do appreciate everybody that's uh, shared those with us. Helped us be kind of a, I don't know, maybe a nice distraction for him in some of these times. absolutely. So uh, he'll be back, and of course, we're going to rope him into a couple shows here over the summer months because he's not getting off that easy. For those of you who might not know our co-hosts, well, we're going to introduce ourselves. My co-host here, he's wheeling, he's dealing but he's not Kevin Nealon. He's the guy who will probably buy anything with wheels because he is Mr. Gabe Casey. Oh, no, no. Sit down. Sit down, please. Thank you. Thank you. Thank yeah, you. There you go. But, you know, more important than myself, of course, is the classic co-host, uh, Daryl Scott. And uh, for those who don't know Daryl Scott, he's not just a mover and a shaker. He's a pusher. You know why? He can push a lawnmower. He can push a 6 by 6 Heck, he can push a vintage Supra while it's under a tarp. Allegedly. He's Daryl Scott. Thank you. Appreciate that. Uh, quick shout out to our sponsors. Uh, we want to say thank you to our Patreon supporters. You know who you are because you listen to the pre-show. You get some some goodies here and there. And your support has truly helped us grow, and we really, really appreciate it. Also to uh, Fort's Toyota of Pekin. Gabe, you and I are both very familiar, intimately familiar with the Fort's family of fine vehicles, right? I absolutely love Fort's Toyota of Pekin. The last time I was there, uh, I went with my mother, and we looked at a couple of cars that she would maybe like to buy, and I asked them for a job. That's literally what I did while I was in the store. I I love the place. It's great. Why not? Why not? Fort's Toyota of Pekin, you can find them 15 minutes from anywhere in beautiful North Pekin, Illinois, toyota-pekin.com on the World Wide Web. Sales, service, anything you'd like, they can hook you up. And they usually have a fine selection of uh, trucks and SUVs sitting right out front on Radio City Drive. And uh, there's a Casey's right across the corner. Get yourself an apple fritter. What more could you want? That's right. right. (laughs) (laughs) Feedback. We didn't get any reviews this time around. Yeah, we could do a little sad trombone. There we go. But I did it with my mouth, which is better. (laughs) It's it's fun. fun. We always solicit our uh, uh, folks to give us a little love. If you like what you hear, you can always give us a review on Apple Podcasts, Google, whatever. Uh, Just give us, you know, your fair shake, and then we'll send you something. Info at throwingwrenches.com is how you can get in touch with us, or on ye olde Facebooky. You can also check us out there. Um, real quick, a Facebook poll went out the other day. Facebook depreciated polls, Gabe. Did you know that? No. Why? It was a couple years ago. I don't know. Uh, I didn't realize either because I don't live on Facebook. I live on TikTok now. <laughs> but uh, it's So that's like some of you saying, I used to drink water, but now I just put heroin in my veins. Right? Now I just do heroin. <laughs> now, but uh, Facebook polls, we, we put a poll out there. Somebody was talking about um, mid-sized pickups recently, and I was at a 4th of July parade and a beautiful first-generation Dodge Dakota, like 87. 88 Dakota long bed was pulling a, a parade float. And I kid you not, all the car guys I was with us, you know, in, in our car club, we were, we were in a classic car club that went through the parade and stuff. It was fun. Uh, all the old guys were sitting there and they're like, man, I forgot how great those trucks were. I wish they made something like that today. So we all got talking and uh, we got to saying like, you know, which ones are better than the rest, this and that. And so if you remember 
like the the heyday of the midsize truck, go to our Facebook page. We're at Throwing Wrenches Podcast. And uh, let us know which one of the three mid-sized trucks that you would pick if you had, you know, a couple thousand bucks and a really nice one for sale. The first choice was a Toyota T100. You remember those, Gabe? Yeah, I heard they were terrible. Well, they were kind of that in-between before the Tundra got spun up. Exactly. So, I don't know. They were kind of <laughs> like a like maybe a, a, a grown-up Tacoma and maybe a baby Tundra. I don't know. Dodge Dakota, first-gen Dodge Dakota. Could throw that out there. And then if anybody remembers the Jeep Comanche, and we talked a little bit in the pre-show about this, that was another fan favorite for a lot of folks because that was bigger than an S10, but not quite as big as like a full-size truck. And sadly, I think they only made them like five or six years. So do you feel there's a market for a mid-size truck today? Let us know. Info at thrownwrenches.com or hit us up on Facebook. And if you could figure out a way to get a poll to post on Facebook, let us know. Because I think there's some cool stuff we could put out there. Yeah. We had a question last time, but I don't. I, we never made it. It's like we should, with Regan on episode 64, we're like, oh, we should put a poll on social media. Was it about loud exhaust or... Uh, yeah, and about being old. I think being, we, <laughs> being a we, we say a lot of things, but do we act on these things? Eh, not so much. No, there's, we, we lack follow through. Is that what exactly. You're Sound like my dad. No, what, what I find hilarious about that situation is you're all there to watch the parade and look at the video or the vehicles and yeah. be in it, but you're looking at the truck towing the float. You're not looking right. at the float, right. which is great. Yeah, it's probably a baseball team or something. It's like, yeah, who cares? What? Hey, get off there, kids. Let's look at this truck. Is that a Duramax? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. So we actually added a segment here, and this is kind of a, a trial balloon we're going to float up here. Um, Gabe, you and I uh, occasionally will send texts and, you know, pictures of stuff that we're seeing for sale or heard us for sale or talk to a guy at a bar whose cousin's brother's sister's boyfriend has something for sale. We have a new segment and we're calling it what we have bought or tried to buy. Oh, that's a terrible name. Who typed that? I love it. I love it. Is this kind of like uh, opportunity lost? Uh, well, I just feel like we try to buy a lot of stuff mm-hmm. and, and it's similar to cars of the week, right? Cause we might be looking at something like, Oh, that's really cool. But a lot of times we actually message somebody or we go look at something mm-hmm. and we try to find the deal. And uh, I've also bought a lot of stuff. so Especially this week. And we'll get to that in a moment here in projects. But but what did you almost buy this week that you didn't uh, quite seal the deal on for well, one, one way or another? Well, most of this stuff lies at one property, which is crazy to think about. So a, a gentleman I found on Facebook, you know, I messaged him about one thing. And then he was like, oh, yeah, I'm selling a bunch of stuff. Come out and check it out. So I did. And then guess what? Next week, Daryl and I both went out and we checked stuff out. Mm-hmm. And so the first thing that we almost bought was a 1970 Boss Mustang, triple numbers matching. And it was tempting. Yes. But then uh, I brought my expert appraiser, Daryl, out. And what, <laughs> what, what, what was your uh, take? hot take on the Mustang? Uh, I thought it was very neat. I thought it was a big project. Um, anybody who's been into older muscle cars or Mustangs, something like, you know, that vintage of car... You know, here in the Midwest, we have a little thing called rust and winter. And unless you're buying something from the West Coast, you can usually cobble something together. You can mail order your parts. Here in the Midwest, you got to cut out and weld and replace panels, patch panels, things like that. Uh, and this this Boss 302 would have been a beautiful car. Uh, I think it was like a like a that medium blue color. I and mean, it, that's what color the like rust over paint was, <laughs> but I don't know what the original paint color was. It seemed like that there were some traces of that, but yeah, it needed quarters. It needed some front sheet metal, some work on the shock towers. It would have been a lot of fun if you know one of us had a rotisserie and a garage with a lift and could weld. Can you weld? And like forty thousand dollars? Yeah, probably. To, <laughs> to start. <laughs> so I don't know. Maybe so that you passed on that. Well, that was you had indicated that you thought it had been wrecked. That was the big seller because again yeah. there was rust and rust in the back end of the car. But he claimed he had quarter panels in the back for it already that would be included in the sale. Ooh, pristine interior stored in my house because this is in the barn getting chewed up by mice. Right. right. The wreck. The wreck is really what stopped me. Yeah, it looked like the, there was some accident, some old collision damage uh, on the on the shock towers. And anybody that has worked on unibody collisions especially on older vehicles where stuff's just been like brazed or like, you know, gas welded together, not necessarily the prettiest and old school collision repairs weren't the prettiest. We're, we're not in the, you know, we're now in an era where things are put on a frame machine and laser aligned. And it's, it's a lot more of a science. Whereas back then it was like, 
Just you don't want to just push them together and tack weld them, Daryl. No. <laughs> what no. are you doing? <laughs> just post some, pour some bondo in there, and we'll we'll get it done by lunch. Yeah. So no, it, neat car, definitely worth the money. Uh, I think you could get you know you could get some high dollars out of it if you decided to f- fix it up and sell it. But uh, it wasn't worth my nine thousand dollars, Daryl. Yeah. I had to break it to you. That's fair. But it was fun, and you know it was fun to look at it, and I'm glad that Daryl was there to give me his expert opinion. And to talk me out of a purchase, which is hard for us to do to each other. It is. It is. And everybody, everybody that's a gearhead has, has got friends that enable and friends that kind of bring you back down to earth. Be like, dude, no way. Pass. Hard pass on that. So that was a hard pass. But uh, something else caught your eye. It actually caught my eye, too. In the same barn. In the giant <laughs> barn. There were many things that caught our eye. But I want to talk first about the Nova. Yes. First. Yeah. There was a 70 Nova just a regular two-door sedan, and uh, it was it was kind of a mild custom. It had a newer front clip and some other pieces on it, and uh, it, it did run and drive, allegedly. He pulled it out of the barn, at least since I saw it the first time. Automatic car, 350, turbo 350, uh, but it needed some, some quarter panel work and some body work, but it would be a fun car, and I actually had a soft spot for that. That is for sale. It didn't get a price. I don't think we, we talked price on that one. I bet it was $900. <laughs> it like everything was 900 bucks. <laughs> Except the boss. But uh, the Nova was cool because it, it struck, struck a chord with me. My dad had a 71 Nova, and uh, that was in my high school years. That's a car I took my girlfriend to, like, homecoming and uh, senior prom with and uh, took a couple dates different places. It was just a fun car, and I remember that. Uh, it was just perfectly balanced. It was a 350. It was a three-speed stick on the floor. And uh, I love that vehicle probably more than most of the ones that my dad had. And eventually, you know, he sold that to get a 56 Chevy because he missed his 56 that he used to have. So it went bye-bye. It got sold. And uh, I would love to have another one, but that one also needed a fair amount of work. So if I if I were to buy that, I would, I would sink more money, I think, than I would need to versus just going to like California, Arizona, Texas and find a nice, clean, rust-free one. Yeah, it, w- it was not a restoration candidate. It was a... You could mechanically tinker on a couple things and then just beat the crap out of it. <laughs> beat around it. Yeah, exactly. He, he, he claimed, well, I got this thing up to 120 mile per hour out yeah. in front of my house. And that, that can be a selling point. Like, yeah, okay, yeah, it can perform, but you could still see it with the different colored body panels and the trim kind of falling off and the rust holes. Primed front clip on it and the yeah. big cowl induction hood. It, it reminded me, you remember, remember the movie Death Proof? Yeah, oh, remember absolutely. This? With the roll cage and you just strap them in there to yeah. die. <laughs> That's, if I were to, actually, no, hold on, my gears are turning. It actually reminded me of the stuntman Mike's Nova. And okay. maybe that maybe that's the best fate for that vehicle. Yeah. Mechanically, just kind of tune it up, get it running, and then do like the death proof paint, you know, flat black, the big, oh man. Uh-oh, he's turning a corner. He's coming back around on the Nova. All right. So <laughs> everybody go out and watch Death Proof again and just tell me that that Nova in that movie isn't the coolest. I think I'm going to buy that Nova. <laughs> I'm going to do that. Okay. So we're not ever going to do this segment again because it's very dangerous. <laughs> We've just learned. We're talking through it. We're talking exactly. through it. Exactly. So, but there was something else cool on the property that we both were very interested in and mm. we both got shot down on. We did, respectively, in our homes. I What What even was it? So I don't know what... Uh, it was like, like the a, model in the year? I don't know. I don't know either, but it was like a, what, 35 what it, foot? It's, it's a boat. <laughs> It wasn't even a car. And, and you and I are boat people, are we? You ever no. had a boat? No, I've never had a boat. Have you had a boat? No, I've been on a boat. Should we call Regan? Did Regan buy boats? I think he's a, yeah, he's a okay. boat guy. Yeah. He's a, so maybe Regan should buy this boat. Go I think on. so. So yeah, it's like a 35-foot little cabin cruiser sailboat thing that's got like the kitchen, uh, like two beds. It's got uh, a bathroom on board. And the story was, and this thing's sitting up on a beautiful trailer that's probably worth a fair amount more than the boat. <laughs> more than asking. But it's like a mid-90s fiberglass hull boat. And the story was, this guy bought it because it was cool. He bought it like a farm auction. It was a farmer that bought it new, and he never put it in the water. He had it either in a field. It looked like there was a lot of lichen and mold and moss and stuff on it. It was probably sat outside. But he said he the, the farmer never took it out. It was like a dream of his to do it, but he would just like sit around on the... <laughs> 
on, on the deck of the boat and probably just like drink beer and like, talk about like it. Like Die Hard too, right? Yeah. Where they got the boat out in the driveway. Or lethal, go drink some, lethal, lethal weapon. weapon. Yeah, yeah, lethal yeah. weapon too. They drink the beers. And the, oh, we're going to tinker. And that's Go it. fishing. Like yeah. That was his big thing. Like uh, Roger Murtaugh was going to go fishing. <laughs> so I understand that. I understand that. But but we're not boat people. But we, we looked at that. We're like, oh, man, that'd be awesome in like your backyard. And you even said, like you were trying to sell it to your wife, right? Like, oh, absolutely. The kids would enjoy it. Right. I thought I could build a little walk-up platform to it, and the kids could just play on it. We'll put this like not the sails, but put the masts up, hang yeah. some of those outdoor lights on it, and let them just like who? What kid has a full boat in their backyard to play on outside of stepbrothers? And we could we could throw the Chewbacca mask in there. They could have a great time. But you know what? What was the most appealing part about this boat purchase, Daryl? The guy wanted five hundred bucks for it. Five hundred dollars. And it's at, at that point five hundred bucks. You're like. Well, shoot! I've done some dumb stuff with five hundred bucks before. I've I've blown that in the casino in ten minutes. Yeah, maybe it'd be cool to put it in. In my instance, here's my my dream was to put it in the little ravine next to our house where a little creek drive run, <laughs> runs by, and yeah, it just becomes like a little outdoor fixture and uh, like yard art, if you will. But it turns out, Gabe, there's ordinances here in this here city. Did you look those up? I did, <laughs> I did. So it's got to. <laughs> It's it's not going to work for me. Uh, what was what was your ideal your ideal situation? That's too bad because I was actually thinking about right now in this conversation mm. buying the boat and just putting it in your yard, just and not it. even telling you about it because <laughs> I could just burn the five hundred dollars for that. That'd be amazing. <laughs> the ultimate prank. <laughs> no, I wanted to put it next to the uh, the playhouse in the backyard. You know, mm. my uh, wood wood pile, and just let the kids play on it. Um, it's technically art uh, agricultural land because yeah. I don't own the back portion of my land. I just like build stuff on it and do stuff. Somebody else owns it. It's a weird situation. Um, but it might work actually because they have different regulations. I don't know. So you're, it's kind of no man's land. I like the way you think. Yeah. I like the way you think. Worst case scenario, uh, somebody would put it in, I don't know, another farm field. And another farmer of future generations can walk around and pretend he's a pirate. A little Jack Sparrow in the middle of, uh, I don't know, Canton. I think one of us is going to buy that boat. One of us probably has to. If we both do it, do we both we'll go halfsies? <laughs> go halfsies. Oh my gosh! All right. So speaking of things with wheels on it, there was another vehicle in the garage. In oh, the and you took a soft spot to this, and I, I. So we went yeah. to the property. I literally didn't even show Daryl this. So the property has all these cars, and they've got all this stuff all over, mm -hmm. and. I didn't show Daryl this one on purpose because I was like, I'm not interested and I don't want him to be interested. But too late. Yeah. Too late. I found yeah. it. I saw peeking out behind this. Well, was it, was it another boat in there? It was a motorhome. It was a motorhome. Or like a, yeah. There was so much. I You ever Camper. walk through a place and you're just like, I don't even remember this being in here. There was so much in that barn. Yeah. They had the square body Chevy bed and they had like front clips and grills on cars. Yeah. Just all kinds of random stuff. So sitting in the back corner was a very restorable, fairly solid 71 Fiat 124 Spider, which is also about a $900 vehicle. That's what he said. Literally. Red uh, leather interior, black paint. It had some it had some collision damage, but it got fixed for the most part. It just needs paint. I always love that too. When, like when people advertise a car that's in primer or like half done, like, oh, it just needs paint. Like, yeah, that's just <laughs> that's all it needs. All it yeah. needs. <laughs> It's like, oh, it needs a battery to run. Sure it does. There's a reason it's parked. But anyways, that was another vehicle I wouldn't mind, uh, but I also was shot down with that. Um, but that's fine. There's there's other fish in the sea. There's other Fiats and barns. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I think we'll probably stumble across more in our time together. But you actually did buy something, and this kind of will bleed into our project segment. And it was a very productive week. Uh, but basically, it was a very productive day because all of the shenanigans that we're talking about all the vehicles, the boats, the nautical, <laughs> the four-wheeled, all of that stuff appeared in one, like a three-hour window on one afternoon. What the heck happened? Yeah. So Daryl's like, hey, do you want to hang out tonight, Gabe? And I was like, absolutely. And then I think eight hours turned into about 36 mm -hmm. because we did so much different stuff. <laughs> um, but we went out to this guy's property. Everything we just listed was on one property. But what we primarily went to look at was a was it an argo daryl it was listed as an argo on facebook marketplace what's, what's an argo so argo is a canadian company that actually built a, a bunch of i don't know all-terrain slash amphibious vehicles and i can't remember the name of the company but it's like it's like ontario vehicle company or it's something very generic like that but they made these little fiberglass shell or abs plastic shell vehicles that had uh usually a little Kohler motor or a two-cylinder 
thing and and they would run six vehicle all-wheel drive chain driven and they could actually use their uh use their mobility to kind of ford streams go through snow pretty much any wonderful midwestern or canadian outdoor climate this thing could tackle but that's what we thought you were looking at when we got there. No, that's what I bought, right? Because uh, the guy was asking, once again, $900 for this, yeah, for this quote unquote Argo. And I'd looked at it the week before um, when it was already sold, it was pending. And I said, you know what? He has other stuff for sale. I'll go out and look at it and look at the property. So, you know, you build a relationship and then when the sale falls through, who's the first comment to it's to me, you know, Hey, are you still interested? Do you want it? And the guy gave me about 24 hours to work on it, which is great. You know, yeah, to think yeah. about it, to come out and look at it. You're like next in line. Basically. Exactly. Okay. And I wasn't like, I just, just, just comment on Facebook next. Like, yeah. you know, I went out, I met the guy, he was a nice guy. You know, he told me crazy stories. Um, but uh, we went out and looked at this thing, and we hem-hawed around it, and we got there before he was back. We just showed up on his country property, and Daryl was like, are we, are we going to get shot? Yeah, I, to- like, no. I totally was worried we were going to get shot <laughs> yeah. or, or, like, eaten by a Doberman. Yeah, there are dogs baying in the background. He's got, like, hunting dogs in a cage, and then we show up, and, like, his son's there. Like, who's on my dad's property? And we sorted it all out. It's it was fine. It was fine. And we looked at this thing, and, you know, the top had a little damage on it. It definitely needed a carburetor. He'd already told me that, so it wasn't fully running. And he won nine hundred dollars. And Daryl looked at me and said, five hundred bucks. <laughs> that's that's all I'd give him, five hundred bucks." So the guy came back, and we looked at all the other stuff we just discussed. And we came back, and the guy and I I told him, you know, I was like, you know, I'm not interested for nine hundred. Like I get it. Lots of people message you. Just go ahead and sell. But you know what? I was there with a the trailer, and yeah. I was there with cash. And he said, well, what would you give me for it? And I, I went with Daryl. I said, you know, I definitely give you 500 bucks for it. But I'm, you know, sell it to somebody for more. I get it. No worries. And that, that's kind of the nice way to do it, right? Like, I'm not trying to rip somebody off. Sure. And a lot of us sure. aren't. I'm not trying to, like, you know, get them down. This is my final offer. Yeah. yeah. I know what you got. <laughs> yeah. But you know what? If you want to sell it to me, great. If you can make more money, good for you. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, after we talked and looked at some other stuff, he looked at me and he said, I'll give it to you for six hundred. But he prefaced that. Do you remember what he prefaced it by? No, because we were out there. I think we were there like forty-five minutes just yeah. chatting the guy up. <laughs> it, it stretched out, walking through, talking about all the stuff he had for sale, what he's worked on, whatever. He goes, "This is, and, and this is what's great. This is all about." To your point, it's all about the approach. He goes, "You know what? You seem like a nice guy. We're talking. How about six hundred bucks or whatever for that Argo? Yeah, I'll take I'll take six hundred bucks for it." And what's fun about that is when you come across as like the uh, the Richard Rawlings or the the Mike Wolf American picker, like best I can do is this, or like the what's the guy from Pawn Stars, Rick Harrison? Yeah, best I can do is nothing. <laughs> that just sets a tone, and some people don't react well to that. And some of it is probably for the TV, it's probably for the show, right? Sure, sure. Theatrics, but if you're just a couple guys looking at some other guy's weird stuff, and you're actually you're not a threat, you're cool, and you, you might actually buy something. Bird in hand, right? Yep. It's like how many other times I can put this thing back online and try to sell it for another six weeks, or I can sell it to this dude locally. He'll load it in his trailer tonight, and I'll take that money, and I'll go buy my wife and I a steak dinner. That's the way you do it. He was divorced, but absolutely. All right, well, <laughs> maybe it's, and buy his kid a steak dinner. Yeah, so it was just hilarious. And and at that point, you don't negotiate anymore, right? He's come down $300. I'm $100 off what I was comfortable with. Either take it or leave it. And I look, I kept looking at Daryl, and he was kind of shifty with it. And I was like like trying to get a thumbs up or thumbs down. Daryl's like, eh, I don't, you know, it's my money. It's my purchase. And I'm like, well, I got a place to stash it. I wasn't sure. <laughs> See, that's the other thing, too. I was... <laughs> That's a whole story. <laughs> I wasn't sure about the, uh, yeah, there is a whole story behind that, logistics. Uh, I just, I always worry I'm going to get blamed for something, you know? Because in my head, I'm like, well, 600 bucks, yeah, go for it. And I'm like, oh, what if it sucks? <laughs> what if he gets it home and he's like, why did you make me buy this thing? I don't know. I think we're cool. Yeah. So we... Our next pick will be better. Absolutely. So I ended up, I shook the guy's hand, we pushed it into the trailer, and uh, we rolled it. Uh, where, where, where did we take that uh, six by six? To an undisclosed location near a body of water. I think we could disclose it because everybody knows. Can we, can we, do they? Yeah. 
Because when I was there the other night for fireworks, that's the first thing I heard about. Uh, was Aiden wants to drive that thing in the barn. Well, uh, Eric Stahl and Angela Stahl, thank you so much for offering your storage services in your, uh, <laughs> <in> your outbuilding. <laughs> uh, I'm sure that you arranged that with Gabe prior to purchase, but uh, if not, I'm sure we could work out some sort of arrangement. This will be the last time that Eric casually says when I talk to him, yeah, you could put that in there. Can we drive around? That'd be great on the trails. Yeah, whatever. You know what, he'll though? be like, eh, Maybe don't put more stuff in my property. <laughs> but it's tiny. It's not like it's a you know Unimog or a Humvee or something. I mean, it's, yeah. just, it's smaller. It's about the size of a big four wheeler. Yeah, it, it fit between rafters on like the far edge yeah. of the barn. It's fine. It's and you, fine. you, I threw a couple surfboards on it, like you know, for character, <laughs> just to, like spruce it up a little. <laughs> I just want to say how how good of friends are the three of us, you, me, and Eric, where uh, we just. We just don't care anymore. The lines are blending between our lives. They are. That's what I want to say. Is like we're all kind of becoming intermeshed, but in a good way, in maybe, like a positive way. Maybe they should just set up a commune for weird car people. And then we can all just have live on a barter system where we just like I'll do oil changes. You could do, I don't know, woodwork. Uh, you know, we can raise chickens and uh, everything is fine. This sounds like a cult, uh, like one of those cult documentaries on Netflix, though. If you're interested in Daryl Scott's cult, mm-hmm. yeah, email it's, us. It's crazy. That was, <laughs> that's, a, that's a whole new thing. Anyways, no. So, so getting back down to real world projects, this is... That was your latest adventure, and yes. thanks for taking us along with that. But you actually have more stuff you're working on in the garage. You're actually making progress on the latest BMW purchase. Yeah, so I bought that 71 BMW, and last show I told you that I committed and I ordered the carbs, and I was going to do it myself. Oh, wow. I've never I've never done big carb stuff. Yeah. So I got the Makunis in. They look gorgeous, of course. Um, nice. I had called the gentleman. Did we talk about this last show? The gentleman talk? I don't think we did. Uh, well, about the mechanic, where you picked it up and he was angry. No, no, no. But huh. I so I had or, placed the order for the carburetors, and then I'd called the shop because the email didn't work that came with the order, and I was just like, "Hey, I ordered the carbs. They haven't like showed they shipped yet. Just mm. give me a call." Mm. The guy was amazing. He called me back on the weekend on a Saturday, and he talked to me for probably thirty to forty-five minutes. And it wasn't just, "Hey, yeah, I got your order. I'm going to ship it." It was, "Okay, here's what you got to do with the carbs." And then, "Oh, you wanted to order a gasket, and here's what you got to do with the gasket." And really? You've also got to check this on these bikes and this on these bikes. Uh, I think his name was Bill, and he was just—he's the quintessential like he's into these bikes. He sells the parts for him, nice. and he backs everything up severely. So. Sorry. You will get everything you pay for and more with, I think it was Bill, at Rocky Point Cycle. That's actually a really good recommendation because uh, nowadays it seems like customer service everybody complains about. Uh, Somebody actually dedicated calling you with some tech advice and doing a follow-up on on a weekend after hours. Was it on a holiday weekend too? Uh, I don't think it was a holiday weekend, but it was a Saturday. And I had ordered an uh, oil pan gasket and he, he called me back and he said, you know what? I don't stock those anymore. Cause you're not supposed to put them on the bike and I'm just not going to do it anymore. And this is what you got to do. And he's like, tell me how to hone it and go get a paper gasket and like do all this stuff and get a piece of glass. And he's giving me all these measurements and I don't have a pen and paper down. You're like I'm not writing this down. But, <laughs> yeah. uh-huh, sure. Thanks buddy. <laughs> I was just calling to see if my order was going to ship, Yeah. but the guy was on it. It was great. And That's I know cool. I can call him back if I got a serious question. So I got the carburetors in, um, and I had to cut down, the scariest part of the process, you have to cut down or order a new replacement and cut down the stock like air vent pipes that go up through the transmission. Yeah. Um, on the back takes... end of, yeah, back into the carburetor. Are they aluminum? No, they're plastic. Oh, okay. okay. So you just I just got a hacksaw and I just like rough measured and then like tuned it in a little, but they give you like a plastic, they give you the rubber tube to go over it and actually tap in. So it's not like it's gotta be, you know, precise on there. Sure. Um, but I got them all on, I got them lined up, but I'm struggling with the throttle cable. So we'll see. It's not on the road, but if I get the throttle cable tuned in, I should be good to go. Should be good. It's so exciting. It's just the return, right? The throttle won't return or something. It's like kind of hanging up on you or something. Well, oh, first off, I'd like put a bunch of grease in there thinking I'll grease it up so it'll move good. And I think that just bound it up. So I just took everything off the other day and cleaned it all up again. And uh, people are talking about just silicone spray, but 
it I've never done throttles before, so it'll be interesting. Sure. Well, and that's fun. You have something like that that you can everything you do is going to be an improvement because the original cars were what they were just junk, right? They just leaked or they, yeah, they, they were warped wrong. and they yeah they wouldn't idle good. They wouldn't start good. Yeah. So anything you do from here on is going to improve the bike. So that's awesome. Uh, yeah. What's uh, what's next to that in the garage? You still got the Chrysler. You're still waiting on some some parts for that. Absolutely. It's been sitting up on jack stands for a couple months now, and it's frustrating to have a car that you can't do anything with. Um, but I'm just waiting on the tires and tubes. So once those come in, I've still got to sort out the rear, um, brake lines, but I'm more worried about the tires and tubes. So I'm just waiting. And then, uh, we have new projects now, right? Which we just (sighs) talked about the, the new quote unquote Argo, but did we talk about what it actually is? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. I, I bought this as an Argo, 1972 Argo six by six Kohler motor needs carburetor work. And then, uh, Daryl helped me with it that day and went home and then I got a bunch of pings and Daryl sleuthed it out. What actually was it? So it actually, even though it looks like an Argo and smells like an Argo, I don't know what, it, <laughs> I don't know what an Argo smells like. <laughs> what were you sniffing? Um, it's actually not an Argo. Turns out an Argo is a little bit bigger, a little more interesting, but the, the, uh, the vehicle in question that you purchased and brought home is actually, looks like about a 1967 to 70 Sierra Trail Boss. When I say Sierra Trail Boss, uh, you're probably going to Google that, and it's going to come up with a GMC pickup with all kinds of stuff on it, which, you know, they, they look good too. But this is a little bit different. Same thing. It's it's uh, uh, from a company out of Ontario, different company, but a little bit smaller and actually a little cuter, I think. They're, they're kind of – they look like something – Oh, what were those Myers Manx, like the old uh, oh, yeah. dune buggies? Yeah, they kind of have a little dune buggy front end on it. Very cute, and yeah, also like the bug eyed. Yeah, kinda. it looks like something you'd see on like uh, an old Mars lunar or a, a lunar escape module or something. I think it's really cool. And there's a couple of videos on YouTube if you Google um, or go on YouTube and search up Sierra Trail Boss. There's like some guys running things in the snow and driving through swamps with them. Really cool. And the way you steer those things, it's got the little rudders, like little sticks, things, or whatever. Super cool. I can't wait to get... Well, I'm not going to ride in it because I'm too fat. But uh, your kids are going to love it, and I think it'd be a fun thing to, to kind of bog around in. But that's not the only thing that you actually brought home. And I think I think we're kind of burying the lead in all of this. Are we? I like the I like the Sierra. I think it's cool. The, the Sierra is cool. Yeah. So I had the carburetor wasn't working. I did order a carb kit for that. So I'm up for more carburetor work. And that's the end of that story. Beautiful. <laughs> that's beautiful. Um, but we uh, we hadn't. There was an estate auction. Yeah, there was that too. Let's just, just like, let's just go ahead and address that. Just um, a, literally around the corner from my house. So if you go down my street, like three houses down, then it turns and then like two more, it's like five houses. Mm-hmm. There was an estate auction last week and, uh, I went to a couple times and I bought a couple things. I bought a radio. Yeah. 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 That radio was great. It was a, uh, Daryl has a keen eye. We thought it was a pioneer radio and this old pioneer box. And he said, you know what? I bet that's a stock BMW radio. And it was, I have x-ray vision. That's what it is. So I paid $25 for a BMW radio that's probably worth about $200. And uh, then I bought the car. (laughs) Wait a minute, what? What? That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Gabe actually bought a vehicle last week. So was that on your radar when you walked to the estate auction and in the driveway was a, a very, very clean, bright red with a black top, 91 BMW E30, 325i convertible? I think it was, and why is that? Who sent me that that vehicle was a sale at that auction? I think I might have sent you a, a couple <laughs> Facebook posts or something, or maybe some screenshots. I don't know. Bottom line is, I'm not responsible. You can't sue me, and uh, <laughs> I've got nothing to do with it. He's an accomplice, folks. So this is the same auction uh, ring, we'll call it, that Eric bought the classic yes. Celica from a few yes. months back. Um and I had gone and looked at that Celica, and it did not spark joy. So I didn't buy that or bid on that. But this time around, I knew a little bit more about it. And uh, Daryl and I walked over there with my father, and we took a look at the car, and we looked at a couple things in the garage. And I placed the minimum bid of $8,400 just to see what would happen um, because it's a very informal process. It's not like you bid, and that's your bid. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's not like a s- silent auction because everybody can walk by and see who's 
the high bidder, right? Right. But then also, you even if you have the high bid, you don't win. The lady will call you, and then you have to appear at a given time in the last day to live bid on the auction to potentially win it. It's the worst possible setup to buy cars. Yeah, I feel like that's not conducive to whatever. Yeah. But bottom line is, it was a holiday weekend. It was early on. You put the bid in. And the estate sale ran, what, two, three days? Three days. So what happens on day three? So day night, night one, I get a call, and I don't answer it. I get the voicemail. Hi, you're the only bidder on the BMW. Just seeing if you're serious. Blah, blah, blah. Give me a call back. Like, well, I put down my number, and I put a bid in, so I guess that's not valid. Right? Yeah. Am I serious? And then day two, I went and talked to him. And day three, I show up. I'm like, well, let's. what are we doing? And uh, a couple other people had written down names and numbers in the car, but nobody else had actually placed a bid. And uh, I told I told the lady running the auction, I was like, I'm not going to pay even the minimum bid for this car because nobody else is even interested in it. And uh, there had been a couple other semi-issues sure. with it earlier. Sure, sure. So we waited for people to show up. I actually texted one of them because I, I kind of knew him on Facebook Marketplace. Oh, yeah? <laughs> You're like, hey, man. Are you, you? I was like, what are you going to put in on this BMW? Um and I ended up getting the thing for $7,000. That's, hold on. We got to do this. There we go. That's that's what that deserves. Well, I'll tell you what. You can't go wrong with an E30 because they're timeless. They're beautiful machines. They got great power. What, 2.5 inline six automatic? You know, it's a good all, all-purpose fun summer car. And, you know, wife and kids, you guys already been out in a couple times, right? You've enjoyed it. Well, so one of the issues I found since I bought it is the odometer doesn't actually work right now. Ah, um, okay. I don't think it's too far off. It has antique vehicle plates, not even extended antique plates. So it's probably not driven much. Sure. I found a golf tee in the trunk, which told me that the, you know, recently deceased gentleman who drove it mostly probably just golfed in it and took it to a couple things. Makes sense. Um, but uh, 118,000 miles and the kids, the family love it. Like Nice. We, we bought it to flip it. And it might be here to stay. It might might stick around. Well, I think it I think it deserves sticking around at least through the summer. You guys can have some some summer. You fun. can't sell a convertible in the fall and winter as much. Uh, maybe next summer. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but the cool thing about the car is it actually came with like the original purchase order oh, with the, nice. the original owner, and then it's got copies of the titles of who it was transferred to and what year, and it's got a bunch of service history from the last owner. They bought it in two thousand nine. I got it now, so that. 13 years that matters um, that, that's nice to have so i mean it needs a couple things it's got some broken lenses it needs a little polish but i've had a blast with it for the last four or five days we've had it out almost every day the kids have loved it sure cruised over to eric's house to watch some fireworks i mean good times are everyone who's listening needs to go buy a 1990s or so bmw convertible that's sound advice sound advice and someday maybe you'll have one for sale but not now no and uh, what it, that that wasn't really a project. It doesn't need much, but we did slow roll into that. We should have covered that in the purchases. We should have. We should have. <laughs> I just kind of glossed over it. Yeah. Well, the the Sierra purchase moved into like from the purchase to the repair. But uh, what what have you been working yeah, on, Daryl? Uh, nothing. Nothing nearly as cool. Not even the same zip code. But uh, speaking of carburetor work, <laughs> I've actually been doing a little bit of carburetor rebuild uh, with some friends. Just kidding. Good buddy. Yeah, good friend. Um, actually, I'm getting ready to finish <laughs> bolting that on. Uh, it's a carburetor from a uh, 1932 Chevrolet that I've been working on, and uh, it needs some work because it was rebuilt at one point, put together wrong, and I have a little bit of experience with those. It's a Carter W1, if anybody's a total nerd, wants to geek out on that, info at thrownwrenches.com. Uh, but very easy to work on, uh, easy to get parts for. Um, but the, the, the trouble is if you're chasing after something that's been rebuilt a handful of times and probably incorrectly two of those five times, then you're going to pull your hair out unless you really know what you're doing. So abused is the, the correct term, right? It, it could be. It hasn't been rebuilt. It's been abused. It's been abused. So I actually yeah. ordered a parts one off eBay for 25 bucks and it actually is in better shape than the one I rebuilt. So I'm going to swap the pieces over to that turn that in and say, good luck. Uh, so hopefully that gets done. And then I'm nearly ready to reinstall the interior on the 55 Cadillac. It's not filthy. It's hundred percent less mousy and it smells great now. So, you know, there's that. I'm learning a lot about the car though. So I'll be glad to move on to uh, buttoning that up, getting that all nice and pretty, and then move on to the engine, fuel, brake systems. And then hopefully, um, you know, we can, we can get that thing up and running and driving by the end of summer. Although, 
I'm not in a hurry. I just want to make sure I do it right. Don't screw something up. So that's what I've been working on. I actually haven't had the Volvo out all summer long, which is kind of weird for me. Shame. There is a Swedish car show. Yeah, Swedish car show. <laughs> With meatballs. <laughs> With meatballs at Bishop Hill, beautiful Swedish settlement over in uh, Henry County, Illinois. And actually a, a Volvo and Saab club from the Chicago region are going to be driving down. They're going to make a road rally, go through old two-lane roads and stuff like that. And it's going to end up in uh, in Bishop Hill with a big car show in the in the park in the middle of the town. So um, we might drive over for that. I think that'd be fun. It's about an hour away and it'd be a good afternoon unless it's 112 degrees out. So I mean, you got to give Bork some love. It's a great rig. I, I miss seeing it. I, I love the other cars Daryl takes out to the shows and the parades, but sure. I mean, it's Bork. It's cute. Come on. It's cute. That's what we call it. And uh, I, I, I need to get it out. So we'll, we'll be doing that. But Gabe, I think we've, uh, we've probably exhausted every, uh, every story we've done. At no, least I'm exhausted. For this week. <laughs> for this week. Next week, you never know. Uh, I think it's time to move on to that segment that we call the news. so important that music is so important yeah so a, a country that's been in the news a lot lately is russia right daryl yeah all for good things right oh they're oh. they're doing great things over there what else are they doing <laughs> well they're doing some actually very funny things right now the russian auto industry according to the drive is being hit so hard because of sanctions and whatnot because all the you know naughtiness that's going on all um, that war <laughs> all that all that stuff murder they're actually reviving an 11 year old lada vehicle with 1990s tech and if anybody's seen the internet in the last 20 years you know what a lada is right that's that boxy russian car that you see in all those russian dash cam footage uh, clips where they just drive off the road or get t-boned or drive off a cliff or whatever my favorite lada clip though is actually in the the last born movie one of the i think it's the last one where he steals a Russian taxi cab and he's driving that thing and it just gets beat up and like cut in half and he's still beating on it. So anyways, the Lada, which is kind of a big piece of garbage, Russia has been hit hard by sanctions rolled out after the invasion of Ukraine and the automotive industry there has been hit particularly hard. Many automotive suppliers shut down their Russian operations in recent months and along with the sanctions, it's starting to impact the availability of used parts. So the government's response there has been to put the, quote, sanction-proof Lada Granta Classic into production. That first entered production in 2011 in partnership between Auto Vaz and Renault. That's right. Our friends in France are helping them out. Uh, the car has been retooled to face new supply chain realities after Renault's exit. So they actually wave bye-bye. And it's now going to ship without airbags. What do you think of that? No satellite navigation. No ABS. And no seatbelt. What does it say? Pretensioners. Pretensioners. Thank you. Uh, sorry, my Google Doc is ruined. Um, the car is expected to only meet <laughs> only meet the 1996 European pollution standards. So it's a car that's so ahead of its time. It's from yesterday. It must be nice to not have to meet requirements for like EPA stuff and all that. You Safety. Can, you can put anything out you want. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Here's four seats, four seats and four wheels and uh, good luck. Yeah. Buy a What's that sticker you see in some cars? Like no airbags, we die like real men. Yeah. I oh. feel like this car should have that standard. Or why are your, your hands up on the dash? We live, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> right. I don't know. I think it's kind of fun. It's a weird experiment and actually it's really kind of depressing when you think about it. But at the same time, uh, you got to keep rolling. People need to go to work. It's depressing for Russia, but at the same time, I kind of want one. I kind of want one too, right? <laughs> Isn't that what you're... <laughs> as terrible as this sound, it's kind of cute. And like, it's it quaint. Is. And it's... I love the old tech. Like, after getting the BMW with like the dots on the dash and like the, the bright illumination from the, the different turn signals and stuff. Yeah. It's a different era. And it just... It's fun. It takes you back. It's, it's something... like. Again, three times over, different. Yeah. Which we're missing nowadays. Like everybody's doing, well, we got this EV and here's two touch screens or who's one, here's one touch screen and everything's digital and it's just becoming a bunch of mush. Right. But these old physical things are cool. Yeah. I agree. I totally agree. I think they should probably make, what would you do for like an American car if you were going to do like revive an old model to get you through some rough times in this country? 
what would you revive? The problem is you can't. They're never. I gonna, know. They're never going to. I know. You and. Ugh. But you, like the suspension spring, of disbelief. You can't spring that on me. An old model car. What what generation were you talking? What year? Give me a decade. Uh, let's say let's I don't know. Let's say let's say eighties, seventies, eighties. Well, of course I'm going to pick the Datsun we talked about earlier because I love those. But they're they're totally impractical because at best you're going to get a two plus two where you can barely fit an adult in the back seat. So. You know what I would do? I would bring back the first generation Ford Taurus. That would be my choice. There's a special place in hell for you, Daryl. <laughs> See the look, the look I'm getting across the table. Now, and here's why. Here's why. It, here's why. He's wearing a Ford shirt. Go on. I am wearing, yeah, that's weird. I don't know what happened. I think the Lada is one of those that's going to be uh, end of the world. I need to get from point A to point B to save, you know, save my family, save civilization as we know it. And I think that's kind of what um, like an 86, 87 Ford Taurus would do. I think they're just utilitarian, weird, iconic styling, not great in anything, but okay at most things. And the uh, the Vulcan 3-liter V6, I think, would probably still run if a neutron bomb went off tomorrow. So that would be my pick. I don't know. I, I mean, the Datsun's a nice choice. <laughs> But I'm just looking practicality, Gabe. That's what I'm... So I went with fun and flashy. Daryl went with, it's going to get you from point A to point B, and it's not going to die or blow up ever. I'm a realist. So I know it's fair. It's fair. All right. So that's our international news segment. Uh, We're going to turn our sights to here in the U.S. because unlike Russia, U.S. is fine. We don't have any problems. No, there's nothing. (laughs) It's fine. It's totally fine. What's going on here in America? Well, apparently Kanye West is getting into the car business, according to Fox News. The rapping op- entrepreneur has launched a new endeavor called Donda Industrial Design. Mm. It's headed up by a footwear designer and longtime West collaborator, Stephen Smith. So Kanye West wants to make cars, and he hires somebody who makes footwear to make cars. This story is amazing. Makes sense, yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's no details. That's surprising. I, I thought they would have everything out, but uh, they want to make a foam vehicle, <laughs> and it's conceptualized, designed, and manufactured in the United States. Uh, they said, hey, I, amen. Amen. That's, how, that's at, how they end that. At the end of their tweet or whatever, where they announced it. Yeah. So I don't know if that's an announcement and like what they're going to do, or if that's just like a prayer and they're requesting it. So, um, yeah, the, the low res image is a, an extreme off-roader, uh, kind of like a Ukrainian chirp truck. So, uh, what do you think? That's, well, first of all, it's probably the least bizarre thing that's I've heard Kanye West talk about. <laughs> talk about a sliding scale. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean... It looks like a tractor. It looks like a, a combine on big wheels without utilitary. Yeah, or like what know. are the snowcat, something you'd see out in... Uh, yeah, or know, an Colorado. Argo Argo Sherpa, who, which was almost my pick for Car of the Week. Yeah, yeah, you were talking about the Sherpa being this giant thing, yeah. like on Iceland or whatever. I'll I tell you what. I don't believe anything that Kanye says, but I also don't believe that a foam vehicle is is out of the question. And here's why. <laughs> here's why. Do you remember as a kid, like Nerf? Everything Nerf was cool because you really never got hurt. You had the Nerf guns, right? Yeah. You had the Nerf, uh, the air, what do they call them? Like Airsoft or whatever. But yeah, like the, no, yeah. yeah. We had those. We had Nerf footballs. I remember like my dad throwing a Nerf football and like I got, you know, beamed in the face and it, I, nothing happened. And I forget who it was. It was like Brian Regan or Gaffigan. Somebody years ago said, why don't they make everything out of Nerf? Nobody would ever get hurt. And I think he even said something like in a car crash, like two guys in a Nerf car. Poof, oh, sorry. And they just go right back up, go, go about their business. So maybe a foam car is not a bad idea. I'm just saying, I, I think there's there's some merit there. I think Daryl's gotten into something in the yard because I feel like if you take a Nerf dart and you put an engine <laughs> behind the front of it and then crash it into another car, it's not just going to be foam on foam. But hey, that's just me. Hey, I, I didn't say it was good at physics. <laughs> I, might, I might have gotten a D in physics. But I don't know. I, I think there might be something to it. I think if they leave it out in the rain, it's going to disintegrate. Mm, mm. But or the I mean, sun. Yeah. You ever leave like yeah, a nerf ball in the sun for like a week and it like crumbles because <laughs> the UV just no. breaks it down. I I think Kanye's lonely. I think Kanye needs something new and uh you know, he's jealous of Elon maybe. Here's an idea. He's breaking he, out. he could go make music. Please no. <laughs> <laughs> right. I, I, to that perfect, I love yes. Kanye's early albums, by the way. The oh, first yeah. one or two albums were great. Through the Wire and all that yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. fantastic. Love Kanye, but uh, things change, times change, and you know, you got to keep up with it. 
All right. Speaking of times being changing and whatnot, we're going to look at local news, and we're going to actually talk about a car company that uh, Gabe's very fond of because he's, I think, managed to bring it up in every episode so far. So what's going on to our neighbors to the east of us over in Rivian land? See, that's the problem. I don't have the shirt on. I should have the Rivian shirt on. You got to rep the shirt? Exactly. But I don't know that they sell them. So uh, the Rivian... R1S. So this is the SUV to the pickup. It's very similar. It's got the front fascia of the pickup um, and the front, you know, A to B pillar. And then the back, of course, instead of a pickup body, it's got the SUV body. It's nice a little, looking. It, it is, actually. It's, it's a little bit shorter than the pickup. Um, and there is a very bold article here by Jalopnik that says that the Rivian R1S is the rightful heir to the Land Cruiser throne. And uh, I, I sent this to Daryl. I said, you know what? This touches on multiple chords. I'm a huge Land Cruiser guy. I love the Land Cruiser. I love Toyota. And I love Rivian. Sure. And uh, this is a bold statement. So It is. Um, I, I have to say that I think the article is getting more at, if you have $90,000 to spend on an SUV and you can't buy a Land Cruiser now because they've been discontinued in the U.S., you're better off buying a Rivian R1S than anything else. And I can respect that, um, but it doesn't necessarily say that it's going to compete off-road as much or you know be as mm. utilitarian, but uh, I do think it's a great pick. I'm, I'm excited. I, yeah? Would you, uh, someday, could you see one of these being in the, in the Casey garage? I, <laughs> I would rather have one of these in the garage tomorrow than the Land Cruiser I have, to be honest. Really? Yeah. And that's after spending some time with it. Yeah, and I love the Land Cruiser, and I don't want to bash it. Sure, um, sure, sure. And for like a long trip right now, you know, there's no feasibility of taking a Rivian SUV. Um, you can take a Land Cruiser, but I get like 12 miles a gallon. Yeah. yeah. And uh, it's real. It's real. So like the infotainment's great in the Land Cruiser. It looks great. It's very capable. But if I could get an SUV that my wife could drive to work in Mossville, if she has to go back in the office more and not hardly pay anything in gas with all these times. Like I'm in on it and it's a shift of times and it feels horrible to say it, but uh, well, in a perfect world, you have both. You'd have one of everything, but uh, the real list in you is like, you know what? Maybe that's a little more suited to our, our daily lifestyle, our commutes. And it is, there is something appealing of having something that you just plug it in at night. And in the morning, you take it to work, and you plug it back in. You're not having to sit in a Costco lot for 40 minutes because they drop the price to 484, and everybody's freaking out. Uh, oh, 44 a gas. That's cheap. It's not cheap. But I, something I did want to call out in this article, they actually said, you know, of course, the Land Cruiser's dead in the U.S., not making it, importing and whatever. Uh, your only other option is the far more ostentatious Lexus LS600. Is there really that much of a difference between an LX600 and like a fully loaded Land Cruiser? Yeah, so I mean, the last generation, no, right? Because you could get some more options than the Lexus. The the thing of it with Land Cruiser, you had a set option list, right? You could maybe mm. get a rear infotainment, but everything else is standard. With the Lexus, you start at a lower entry point, and then you have to add packages and options and different things. Okay. Now that the new Lexus is out, it's going just premium, ultra luxury. So I don't know that the off-road chops are there. Those look really nice, too. They're slick. They're slick. I don't know what they sticker at, but they are slick. They just announced it. I think they sticker at like eighty or 85000 minimum, but the highest package is like one hundred twenty or 130000 and Yikes. it's it's not a driver's car. Yeah. And I'm not saying I don't want one of those, too. Right. Sure. <laughs> because the back seats, literally, they heat, they cool, they massage, they recline. They've got their own infotainment back there. Like, you can push back the, the passenger seat and kick your feet up nice. in that seat. Nice. But until my children are over, old enough to chauffeur me around, what's the point? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I get you. I get you. Well, that's not the only Rivian news that's been in there. Um in the last couple of days, there was actually an article that CBS News put out that said Rivian is now among the top 20 best places to work in 2022. Um, this is uh, according to uh, some rank that some, I don't know, survey they did or whatever, but Forbes usually has the similar best places to work in the country, yada, yada, yada. And of course, uh, Rivian based in Irvine, California, big manufacturing hub here in Normal, Illinois. They got a company rating of 4.4 out of 5, and they're saying that uh, they talked to employees there, and they, they pulled a quote here from, from one guy uh, who worked there. It says, despite working long hours, one employee says, you really get to feel connected to the product and also be able to talk to management at all levels. 
and that's something we know. I mean, we've got mutual friends and other people we know that uh, that do work for Rivian in the manufacturing or the support end here in central Illinois. And that's very, I'm getting some similar vibes. Would you agree that it's, people there seem happy? They've, they've been there for a few years now. Like there's not a lot of turnover. It seems like a really good place to work. I think it's the kind of place that if you can, you can go there and you can be successful, you're going to love it. But uh, some people have definitely jumped in and it's not what they're looking for and they bounce right back out. Um, I met a guy who is in some kind of product specialist engineer and he does like, you know, think through developing warehouses and working Mm. on trucks. And uh, he's talked to RJ, like, you know, like he's around sometimes like he, you know, he interacts like it's, it's more of a personal company at this point. It's still a young company sure. and uh, I'd love a job. I mean, yeah. I, I think everybody should work there right now. Anyways, watch Rivian. And uh, well, there is another uh, electric car maker here in the world that does get a lot of press. Who? Uh, is it that time? I think it's that time. It's time for your moment of mine. Elon Musk secretly fathered twins with Neuralink executive report says, according to Forbes. So apparently, Elon Musk had twins in November with Siobhan Zills, an executive at Musk's company Neuralink. So this guy's just out having twins. That's great. Uh, on Wednesday, bringing the number of known living children fathered by the world's richest man to nine. Nine. Nine children. That's a niner. Yeah. Musk and Zills filed a petition in Travis County, Texas, in court in April to change the twins' names and have their father's last name and contain their mother's last name as part of their middle name. The judge approved the request, and they uh, published a copy of the petition. Musk is 51. Wow, he's 51. He's got nine kids still. Is that old? Uh, for having kids, maybe. It might be. In life, no. Okay. Uh, but she was the director of operations and special projects of the company since 2017. The twins were born just weeks before Musk and his former partner, Claire Bucha, better known by the stage name Grimes, had his second child through a surrogate last year. Uh, but uh, speaking of fertility, Elon took to Twitter this week and pinned a post citing Wall Street Journal report of the declining U.S. fertility rate and how it's been below minimum sustainable levels for more than half a century. And he said U.S. birth rate has been below minimum sustainable levels for 50 years. So he's doing his part. Are you? That was your moment of Musk. All right, so that was the moment of Musk, and a fair amount of interesting information there. I didn't know he had nine kids. Did you know that? I did not, no. Did I need to know that? <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> Nobody. Not. Good nobody. for him. Maybe he's... Maybe he's got a farm. <laughs> maybe he does. Maybe he's he's setting himself up for the future to be chauffeured around in a, in a Lexus, uh, I don't know, GX 600 LX or 600. LX, LX. It's the GX a small one, right? GX is a car. Or no, no, you might be right. It's the smaller SUV. I don't know what yeah. it is. Too many words, too many letters, numbers. We don't have any grinding of the gears this week week because we're happy, well-adjusted members of society. So Absolutely. We're just going to go ahead and skip ahead to the fan favorite segment, which is Cars of the Week. Everybody loves a good virtual stroll through the virtual car lots of the interwebs. We take some virtual money and we say, you know, this looks interesting. I think I'd like to buy it. And uh, then you turn the computer or your phone over to your other half, your your better half, as most of us call them. Um, my wife is a saint. She's sitting here in the in the, uh, I say the studio D, and she's she's probably judging me right now. But I just showed her a motorcycle about five minutes ago, and she said mm, maybe. So that's cool. But anyways, most of us spend time in the virtual uh, car shopping mode where we look at stuff online and say, I think I'm going to buy this. And this week we each took our turns and, and picked out something quite interesting. Gabe, I'm going to let you go ahead and go first because you oh, always... Oh, ab- absolutely not because he Why? makes me go first every week. So I do? I, I would say that I have maybe influenced Daryl this week and he needs yeah. to explain that okay. and, and go with his guy. Right. Fair, fair. So my pick this week actually is uh, is a BMW 635 CSI. It's from 1988, and it's uh, kind of the shark-nosed BMWs that everybody who follows BMW knows. They're pretty slick cars. This one actually showed up online. It's at a dealership in Texas, I believe. It's called Classical Gas. Ha-ha. And uh, it's listed for $23,750. Now, that might seem like a lot of money, but in the pre-show, we actually talked about a, a top 10 list that an uh, auto publication recently did. And they actually 
referred to these as, quote, cheap beaters. I mean, that seems pretty cheap. $23,000 for, you know, a a 35-year-old car? Pocket change. Pocket (laughs) change. So this actually, the listing claims it's a 55,000-mile original car. It looks really solid. It's got those nice lace BBS-looking rims. And uh, it's it's a kind of a strange color combination for this car. It's a... It's original safari beige paint. And a lot of these you see in silver, red, black, white. You don't see them in kind of like a 70s beige. But I think it really suits the lines of the car. And I always like these because they're bigger. They seem like they'd probably ride real nice. But you could still get that uh, kind of the sporty European BMW ride. And uh, I don't know, man. I really think this would be a pretty slick car. 3.2 liter inline six. This one was an automatic, which was kind of a bummer. But... I mean, you read that, it says most of them were a manual, but Daryl wants the automatic. This one isn't, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, I would not hesitate to add this to my collection. The trouble is, I know nothing about them. Yeah. I don't, I've never owned one. I've never owned a BMW. I've never worked on one. The closest I've ever been to one is I drove an E30, is it E34, E36 M3, a 97 M3. I love that car. I thought that was really sweet. But uh, the older ones are where it's at. I just don't know if I'd spend twenty three grand, but eh, virtually, I, why not? I think you're gonna love the BMW, but you need to start smaller. Maybe something with like two wheels, and then build into the four wheel. Okay, BMW. you okay. know, you know, like an R twelve hundred that we were just looking at. Yeah, maybe. Okay, we looked at a couple. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what I picked, and it's not as cool as what you actually bought, but. You went completely in another direction this week with your pick. What are you looking at? Oh, I couldn't help myself, Daryl. So this this has a big tie-in, and I'm going to just like promo for Amazon. I'm sorry. So okay. the new Amazon Siri, series, the Terminal List, yeah, um, is epic. And it's epic for a couple of reasons. First off, it's great. Like the military adaptation and how they act is great. Secondly, the Land Cruiser 60 series they have it is amazing just it's killer gorgeous i think it's the actual book author's car because he has one he was talking about he was on joe rogan's podcast joe rogan has one they were talking about land cruisers a bunch the the, the main character in it wears a land cruiser jacket in a couple scenes with like land cruiser on the arm really yeah it's really cool i'll have to watch this yeah but what else they had in this show was a res vani and it's a it's a tank I I don't I can't describe it otherwise. But if you look at it, it looks like the baddest FJ Cruiser you've ever seen. That's my opinion. It really does. It, it it's like a combination of an FJ Cruiser with all kinds of just almost looks like body armor. What what is going on with the plating and and the uh, the accessories on this thing? Yeah, it's like a military grade vehicle for civilians, and this is made out of California. Um, resvanimotors.com and I had never heard of this before the show and I caught the emblem on the front of them like maybe five, six episodes in and yeah. then I had to Google it because I'm like what? my wife and I were watching all these shows we're like what is that? What is that? What is that? And so I found it and it's got bulletproof glass and body it's got night vision it's got like a smoke screen it's got electrified handles you can get a thousand what? horsepower demon V8 in it um, and it only starts at like a modest $260,000. Did you say, hold on, you said electrified door handles? Yeah. It's like an anti You try to get in the back seat. Let's see what happens, Daryl. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I got the website up here. Uh, it comes with gas masks, yep. strobe lights, continuous video recording, night vision, run flat tires, a smoke screen. This is, this is either a James Bond or a James Bond bad guy car. I think it's the bad guy car. You think so? For sure. But you know what? It's the bad guy car. You can take your whole family in. My goodness. I I think this is really cool. And if if you were a, I don't know, like a hitman or a mercenary, <laughs> a soldier of fortune, you know, this would be the perfect vehicle. But what would you do with this? Would you like drive to the Kroger and go, go grocery shopping with it? I would definitely pimp this thing all the time. If you look at the interior, <laughs> it looks gorgeous. Like it's got a nice screen. It's got nice leather on it. Oh um, yeah, the white, like the ivory leather seats. Yeah, here. there's different options and stuff. Like it's it's not just like a military vehicle. It's like a plush SUV that you could just run people over in. <laughs> this is insane. And they have a, sh- a screenshot here on their website, which is resvanimotors.com. You can check them out. They have a picture of night vision of like just what it looks like while you're driving this thing down the road. The older I get, 
the more I just don't like driving at night because my eyes <laughs> are terrible. Agreed. So I think maybe the night vision, it's a practical, it's a safety option. That's, you know what? Yeah. You're onto something. They shouldn't market this as a military vehicle. Mm-mm. They should just sell it to old people with the night vision. They should. <laughs> <laughs> and and then, then when you're confused, you don't know where you're at, you just hit the smoke screen so the cops don't get you. <laughs> just take off. <laughs> Do you know how much this thing weighs? Do you see the curb weight on this? I didn't. Display? What is it? 7,100 pounds. So that's three that's and a half. That's not tons? bad. Uh, My Land Cruiser is like 6,000 plus. It's probably, probably <laughs> close. Yeah. So this one, this one's a big stretch this week, but um, I had three vehicles in mind, but this was by far the coolest and most unique. And I don't think most people know about it. So I just thought it'd be fun. And what's the Netflix show that this thing appeared on? The Terminal List. Check that out. If you need something to binge, there's some cool uh, Land Cruiser stuff in there too. So be sure to check that out. Well, I think that does it. You vaporized uh, one hour and eight minutes listening to some goofy guys talk about weird car stuff. If you have anything you'd like to add or you just want to tell us how great or terrible we're doing, info at thrownwrenches.com. You can also share something on our Facebook page. Get in touch with us that way. Any way you do it, we truly appreciate you listening. And uh, Gabe, we'll be back here with some more adventures. Try not to buy anything. I'll do the same, except maybe I'll buy a motorcycle. I don't know. I make no promises, and I want everybody to ping and review and encourage Daryl to buy a boat and a motorcycle. Thanks. Well, on that that (laughs) encouraging note, thanks for listening. On behalf of Eric Stahl, I'm Daryl Scott. And I'm Gabe Casey. See you next time.